Uh, you're right, Dante. How's it going? Oh, I'm not bad, Rudy, but this whole lockdown thing is making me really lethargic. I'm not kind of feeling doing anything energetic for the podcast this month. What do you think? Yeah, I can't, you know. Oh, I'm just sat here getting fat. I can't be bothered. I can't. Uh, well, we're going okay. to think of something. We normally do something really witty and clever for the introduction of the podcast. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I, witty and clever, the, the, we, we barely achieve that on, an, on a normal podcast. No, but, that's fair enough, actually. Uh, but I have prepared um, this cinematic trailer, which I may have stolen some bits of your voice to do it, but but I'm just, you know, check this out. See what, see what you think of this. All, all right, I'll give it a go. Give it a go. In a time when podcasts are oversaturated and gaming toxicity is at an all-time high, step into a world where you can choose to listen to a terminally average one that tries too hard to be funny and pretends that there really is some comedy writing going on. Play is a podcast listener who became so bored by lockdown they'll listen to anything at this point as long as it came from a podcast recommendation thread on Twitter because in 2020, people don't use a search function in podcasts but need social media to tell them what to like. Literally tens of hours of content with each episode featuring brand new content that feels awfully like the previous episode but with less planning and foresight. On the 5th of August, prepare to be mildly entertained and only slightly less bored with the Jam Bags Gaming Podcast August 2020 episode. This will be the best episode of any podcast you have ever listened to, ever, or your money back. Podcast free, by the way. <laughs> hey, so not bad, am I right? Smooth, slick, making us look way more polished than we are in reality. And, you know, realizing that each script for each episode is scribbled on the side of a beer mat or on the back of one of our kids' coloring books. Well, I mean, colour me impressed there, Dante. That was that was better than I thought it was going to be. The music as well, really just, oh, I got tingles when I listened to that. I mean, I mm. seriously can't wait to listen to the podcast, and we're the ones recording and editing it. Yeah, that's spoilers for us, to be honest. I can't wait to see how this is going to turn out. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really feature anything new, did it? It wasn't, it was kind of like just pretending uh, there was something. Don't, don't think about that, Rudy. No, 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 no. In fact, before anyone has a chance to think about the fact that there was actually nothing new in that trailer trailer here comes another one world premiere another one. Ooh, ooh, this looks good there's some guy from a gaming company is about to say something wait that's you with an even shittier mustache shit ready <clears throat> here at jambags we are committed to giving you the best experience for your podcasting dollars that's why we have been working tirelessly over the past several months to bring you Jambax 2.0 with next-gen graphics, fully interactive questioning, and features of gaming stupidity at a full eight podoflops. Take a look at Jambax the next generation. In a time when podcasts are oversaturated and gaming toxicity is at an all-time high, Step into a world where you can choose to listen to a terminally average one that tries way too hard to be funny and pretends that there really is some kind of comedy writing going on. Play as a podcast listener who has become so bored by lockdown they'll listen to anything at this point as long as it came from a podcast recommendation thread on Twitter. Because in 2020, people don't use the search function in Apple Podcasts they need social media to tell them what to like. 
literally tens of hours of content, each episode featuring brand new content that feels really similar to the previous episode's content, but even less planning and foresight. On the 5th of August, prepare to be mildly entertained and only slightly less bored with the Jam Bags Gaming Podcast August 2020 episode. This will be the best episode of any podcast you have listened to ever. Or your money back. Podcast is free, by the way. Wow. Woo. <laughs> yes, pretty amazing, right? Okay. Uh, that's probably the easiest intro we've ever done. I, I, I made a whole cheese on toast while that trailer was playing. I mean, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, do you think it? I mean, do you think it matters? We just featured epic music and an over-the-top description of you know, kind of blowing you know out of water what we're actually going to produce, um, but not actually featuring anything from the podcast that people could no. perhaps you know, I don't know, no, no. No, public publishers do that all the time. They re-release exactly the same stuff just in a slightly different order with a slightly different voice, and yeah, you know, the gaming public seems to lap it up, so it should be fine for us too. Meh. And welcome, Jam Baggers, to this August episode of Jam Bags Gaming Podcast with myself, Rudy Manchego, and my co-host, Mr. Dante Rodriguez. And this has been a very interesting month for for Rudy and myself because at the moment we are both currently playing the same game on the PS4, aren't we? We are indeed. It's been an interesting an interesting time. Very rarely do we do we sync or do our cycles sync up when it comes to gaming content. But in this instance, they have. We are both. Well, you say it. We are both playing. What are we playing, Dante? We are playing Ghost of Tsushima. That is true. We are both playing that. We both played it. In fact, you're the reason I got it, because I was kind of like, oh, I'd like to play it, but I don't get around to it. And then you got it, and I thought, well, I want to get it now, so I bought it. We both pretty much started playing almost the same weekend. Yeah, I mean, it, was it a bit of gaming jealousy? Were you, you a bit of FOMO on, on your part, was it? There was. I think it was just because I was a bit like, oh, I'm, I'm too fatigued. I'll just come off um, you know, another big game, which I'll, I'll come to in a bit. But, you know... And then I saw it, and I was like, I'm not sure I'm that interested in it. And then it's good reviews, and then you got it and said, this looks awesome. And I was just like, oh, it does look awesome. Thinking about it, I'm going to get it. And then I got it, and I was like, perhaps I won't like it. And I started playing it and got addicted to it. So I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the uh, the comparisons with uh, with things like sort of Assassin's Creed, but only done better, I think, is what the uh, a lot of the reviews said. And you know how I feel about Assassin's Creed Odyssey and... Uh, hmm. Just, uh, I mean, I do agree that it was quite a sort of an overblown game with with maybe too much to do. Which, again, looking at the reviews of of, of Ghost, you know, it, it clearly uh, doesn't fall into that trap. It's sort of twenty thirty hours rather than mm. I think I spent about one hundred and sixty on Odyssey, all, all told. If I damn know, deals, I did the DLC as well. So you know, but uh, double but, damn, um, double damn. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it's it should be a, a nice uh, something to keep me busy until. Um, a game by a company that I don't like, so I'm, I'm not going to mention it's by name at, at this point, but I'll probably still end up buying the game because it looks kind of good. That's <coughs> Watch Dogs Legion. And, um, You're sick of me. Uh, yeah, I know, but it, it, it does look kind of good. And uh, obviously Cyberpunk in, in November, which, uh, I don't know, I, f- I feel like I'm going to have to count in next year's games now because... Uh, you won't be finishing so it this year. I mean, no, no, Even if it comes not. out like this year, you won't be able to, it'll be too big to finish, right? But I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I would agree with what you're saying. The, the game, the game 
is very it's it's standard open world stuff but it's done really really well um mm-hmm. and it's not too big the world's really interesting and it just feels the combat feels great i'm really enjoying it and you know what to be honest you know i'm going to say it that as you know the previous game i played was another exclusive by mm. you know the developer very famous right? cheeky puppy oh cheeky uh, puppy I, I thought they were annoying cat have they changed no, 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 no. It's, it's cheeky puppy. Um, annoying, an, annoying cat was um, one of their sister studios that closed down after okay. doing the uh, the handheld version on the uh, Vita. But um, yes, yeah, so I've been playing not very many Left of Us Part Two, um, new long game. And girl, I mean that that game was you know I've had counselling. Oh wow, thirty hours of pure misery. And you know what? I'm going to say it right now. You know, it's a good solid game. The uh, not very many left, not very many. Left, uh, <laughs> it's a solid game, not very many Left of Us Part 2, but, um, you know, I've got not some issues with it. You know, to do purely with the gameplay, the you know, everything, the acting's mm-hmm. great, the uh, the game, the world was great. Um, you know, the writing, but just, just something about it overall compared to um, not very many Left of Us Part 1 or the original didn't quite gel for me. But, you know, it was such a bleak game that it just it took a lot out of me. You know, I've had to have therapy, I've started drinking, I've put a lot of weight. Those things might all not be related to this game, to be fair. but Might be more, more lockdown related, right? And just general problems that I've had for a while, but um, you know, but uh, yeah, so it's nice. It feels nice that we're both playing a game. You know, we were just before we came on air. We were just um, I like saying before we came on air as if we didn't just press the <laughs> record button. But yeah. you know, um, before we came on air, we were just talking about where we got up to in terms of progress in the game. You know, trophies, etc., stuff like that. It's that kind of nice to have a shared experience. Someone else is going through it, you know, and be like, yeah. oh, you know, where you got up to that? It's good. So. Yeah, we're in a really good gaming place this month, I think, you know, me and you. We're on the same... Yeah, no, it's a shame that we can't uh, sort of do some uh, co-op hack. I think it would be... Uh, they'd be nice if there was a co-op mode to, to Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but, it, it would. Yeah. We would probably end up chopping each other up by accident. We aren't particularly <laughs> yeah. coordinated players. Yeah. No, I think... Um, I mean, they're, they're, like I said, it's, it's not a perfect game, but it is beautiful to look at. I mean, some of the colours and uh, the landscapes are just uh, so, so pleasant to, to get around. I'd say... Again, because I, I tend to compare it to similar games that maybe some of the characters in, in Odyssey I like a little bit better. Maybe a couple of the story beats I like better. But again, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. So I think you've been I'll racist. Let... I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Poss- it. Possibly genderist because I like women more than men, I guess. But but that's very sexist as well. I'm a man. Anyway, let's not <laughs> let's not go into that. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've actually got a fairly packed episode today. We've got an absolute um, bottom ton of news for everyone mm. some pretty serious stuff as well actually we're going to go to some dark places and um we mentioned this in the tweet you know they've got they've got a few got a few views and reads but um we really have to go both both barrels on um, a particular uh you know uh collaborator. A company we like we, we like to gently make fun of that yeah. we, we're probably going to start being less gentle with exactly and we're gonna you know we're actually gonna you know destroy our own source material on this one but uh we've got some we've got a pretty good interview coming up we've got some uh, fun little bits so i think we should just crack straight into the into the show it is time for the news And hello, Jam Baggers. It is time for our regular news segment from the Jam Bags. And we have got some absolutely corking news stories for you this month. Uh, as we said, some fairly dark places, some uh, fairly serious things going on in the gaming world. So we're going to go straight into story number one, uh, which comes from uh, Rudy and is about our 
French neighbours, the uh, the good people, well, not particularly good people at Bubisoft. Yeah, I mean, let's be quite clear, Bubisoft. Bubisoft is a company that we have gently ribbed in uh, in previous episodes, for any long-term listeners will know. And, um, you know, they've done lots of dopey things in the past, uh, some things that aren't particularly, you know, consumer-friendly uh some bad decisions yeah, and we know whole, uh, the breakpoint thing in particular was was the one that sort of stands out for yeah me you know they've, they've launched, total cash brow. yeah they've done a lot of you know the kind of microtransaction stuff but in all that time you know it's been very gentle but the gloves are off now because those people at booby soft um really haven't been cleaning house and they've let some literally some horrendous things go on go on there uh across their global studios um abuses um of power uh, abuses of people, um, despicable behaviour, cover-ups, uh, non-function HR department that just um, assisted the abusers, um, and all sorts of stuffs going on. And what we're seeing is that now that's come to light by some excellent investigative reporting, reporting by the likes of peeps at um, at, uh, at Kotaku, Kotaku yes. and uh, Bloomberg, and uh, several other you know news agencies and stuff like that, and and also you know prominent YouTubers, we're seeing some horrendous stuff come out and. Um, you know, we're seeing some heads rolling. And so one of the things we've seen, one of the heads roll has been um, someone's guesting on the podcast before, uh, Cedric Latour. Uh, ah, now, Cedric, yes. Mm-hmm, Cedric has been on here two, several times promoting his work as one of the creative directors, if not the creative force at Bubisoft uh, from their Gallic uh, uh, Basingstoke office. Um, and essentially he's been forced to resign after having to admit that he is a terrible human being and that... Um, is that he is part of a despicable company in Bubisoft. Um, we've actually got a quick clip of him being ejected from the premises by um, by well, a mob. Uh, should we quickly roll that, roll that footage? Get your hands off me, you blended English cartoon. Oh, no, that's what are you doing to me? Oh, all I did was abuse and make people's life hell for money and fun. This is the standard Bubisoft way. What is wrong with that? Oh, it's just all good shits and giggles. Yeah, so as you can see, I'm not entirely convinced that anyone at Bubisoft, including Cedric Latour, has really taken things seriously. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem that they seem to be apologetic for what they've done. They just seem to be trying to, you know, do a PR thing. We've got there, uh, got a clip here of a speech from their latest earning call from uh, founder and owner Herbert Le Frenchman. Um, yeah. And I'm just going to quickly uh, just play that now. Uh, just I was going to roll that clip for you guys. It is. Um uh, I'm sorry to say that uh, we had, uh, I had uh, no idea that uh, Cedric and the others in the Gaelic uh, basing stock uh, office were such horrible humans uh, to other people, um, despite the fact that I, um, I know them very well, I've worked with them for many years, uh, they report directly to me. Um, I manage or work on their output, I see them every day, um, and um, you know, also manage the HR company uh, elements here as well. I had uh, no idea, and I've uh, put in some practices to make sure that in the future um, that there will be no, as you say, um, there will be no one found out. I mean, um, by found out, I mean that we will not be having the reports in the media. I mean, um, we will be illuminating the issues and we will not be allowing this behavior to uh, publicly uh, be let out again. Ooh, wow, okay, so this really doesn't seem like they're... It seems like they're sweeping it under the carpet rather than actually sort of coming out and, uh, uh, you know, 
sort of fessing up or even prosecuting anyone. It does sound like people should be getting prosecuted for this, not just fired. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, it borders on the allegations on, you know, proper abuse. Uh, you know, not pro- it is proper abuse, but you know what I mean? It's bordering on stuff that I think that just to kind of, well, let's just sack a few key heads and hope it goes away. That isn't enough. It's not about doing that. You know, sack it a few of the abusers. This has been, you know, a cover-up that's gone for a long time. This has been horrendous stuff. And I think you can see that as, you know, Bubisoft's output has been very, very, you know, uh, Generic and same, and it's clear that mm. several of these abusers have welded a lot of power, Cedric being one of them, you know, um, and that explains why the, the same game's been released. And, um, and truthfully, I don't think anyone really wants their games to be made by a bunch of uh, serial abusers, you know, that's mm. just no one wants that. So, yeah, that's a pretty serious news story, and I think that, um, that in future, um, we'll be treating Bubisoft, uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a target in our, in our parody and satire moving forward. Yeah, no, I think they they might get a slightly more uh, digital paintings kind of uh, mm-hmm. treatment than, than than we get there. We have got a, a story about digital paintings later on in the show, Indeed. but uh, next up we have got uh, a sort of a general one about uh, the new console generation. Uh, so essentially. It's been noted by several YouTubers and reporters that console companies are continuing to drip feed us with random bits of information about their consoles, stats, specs, speculation, features, kind of puff pieces mm-hmm. from 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 uh, gaming journalists and stuff like that. Uh, none of the console companies are telling us what we actually want to know, though, which normally we would be starting to hear after. Yeah, I mean, I think been, at least. Yeah. I would say drip is the word, isn't it? This is just a, a dreadful dick, a dick trip, really, of stuff. It, it, it is. It's all. It's all just kind of being being dribbled and uh, and dangled and uh, put out just in front of us. Sort about, of, yeah. yeah, just just really kind of making us uh, feel like we really want it, but uh, but we can't have it, which is you know, really not doing well for for the way that a lot of us are feeling right now in. Uh, in lockdown in particular. And now uh, what we are hearing about is how Microsoft are saying they're, they're putting gamers first. Uh, and their standard line at the moment is that console exclusives aren't what gaming is about, you know, restricting people from playing games, which, you know, is yeah. Phil, what Phil, uh, uh, Phil Spencer says in his jackets a lot. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that the recent event had quite a lot of um, console exclusives, exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's um, clear messaging from Microsoft there, I think. Yeah, no, I mean the sheer amount of uh, of uh, game studios that they've bought over the past uh, year or two, because uh, I know things like the the Hellblade sequel is going to be Xbox only, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, Xbox and um, Microsoft PC. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you, know, you can get it on a PC if you've got one of those as well. But still, so in kind of response to that, and Stony also announces another bucket load of exclusives. Uh, there's a few of the names on the list here, and I'm, I'm not sure how accurate some of these are, but uh, Not For You English, uh, some sort of Amish simulator game, I think. <laughs> uh, Death Before We Let You Play It, um, Xbox Scum. Uh, it seems to be another one. I'm, I'm <laughs> not sure about that. And uh, the final one I'm really interested in looking at is called Triangles Rule the Letter Y Drools, you bitches. <laughs> well, they, they are... Not letting this console war thing die. I mean, they're they're going full in it. I mean, you know, Microsoft, you know, Microsoft saying we want all the players to be great, and then saying we want don't want any console exclusives. But here's a bunch of console exclusives. Sony are going right. We're doubling down the exclusives, not just that, but these yeah. exclusives are massive. Um, F you, um, you know, to you, um, Microsoft, to Phil Spencer, and your jackets. 
Yes, absolutely. Now they're—I think—they're even going to start coming out with a range of uh, of nice-looking Japanese jackets of their own over at Sony, aren't they? I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they haven't been producing them, you know, uh, for the last sort of like three to six months. Um, I have seen a lot of um, up yours Xbox face masks being produced by Sony. I've seen mm. several execs wearing those. Um, so hey, you know, uh, you know, Jim Ryan's been wearing one out in public at Sony. Yeah, you know, Herman Holst has been wearing his, you know, from uh, Gorilla. They're always wearing it- them. It is really nice that they can be grown up and mature about this whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's what we need right now is you know is a is a mature, sensible uh, lead up to a new generation of consoles. We don't need no no sound bites and backbiting and stuff like that. Uh, none of that clickbait. Certainly, no no clickbait. Do not need no. clickbait. Um, but if you are interested in clickbait, uh, do follow, like, and subscribe. Oh yeah, completely like and subscribe. Okay, what's our next story, Rudy? Well. You know that COVID-19 has had an impact globally on so many things and possibly one of the places it's been felt most is in the arts. Um, you know, I mean, video games are great. You can play them at home on your own. You know, you can you can social distance. But, you know, uh, music venues, theatres, uh, comedy clubs, anywhere where you're going to see live performances, those artists, mm-hmm. those groups have taken an absolute hit. And it's, it's, it's horrendous, you know, and there's a lot of people yeah. that we're big fans of. Um, you know, some of which are in the public eye, some of which are perhaps lower key that have been really adversely affected. Um, but this is interesting news, which is that, you know, people are trying to get these businesses and stuff back online. And mm-hmm. the British Royal Opera Society, no less. Um, so we're talking big boys in the arts and culture scene. Well, oh, I've never, yeah, seen, I've never seen an opera because, um, you know, but um, they've decided that despite the fact that they've got a very historic building, central London, you know, with the... Um, uh, society, uh, they're going to suspend and stop their hundreds of years of live performances um, and possibly never go back to them and have now put it in favour of streaming their new uh, opera works on Fortnite as a show. <laughs> really? Uh, because this is, I mean, they just, the statement says that this is what the kids want and um, it saves us having to play in those big old drafty buildings that are quite cold and uh, a bit lonely. Um, apparently one of the reasons they also said is that have you ever one of the statements said have you ever tried playing in an empty opera hall that shit is well spooky wow I suppose okay. I suppose without audiences it would be I don't I don't know so maybe then just playing from home all together and being on Fortnite animated avatars is good is the way to go maybe maybe we maybe we'll need to get a bit of culture to go on a Fortnite who's, who's right so they're going to completely digitize themselves and their music and insert themselves into the Fortnite arena so that young people can be exposed to to opera and something a bit more cultural while well, they're not, uh, not just young people they're hoping that this will bring a whole bunch of people so you know you can get your your granny and stuff involved um they can now listen to some classic opera uh whilst uh, hiding in a bush and um sniping some fools so, okay, so what what, what do we think uh, winner winner chicken dinner is in Italian and um, song? Tutti pronde. Poi yo poi yo. Isn't that a Japanese game? I I I, I thought poio was possibly chicken in French. Forget it. We don't. It's, in Breaking Bad, they're the poios hermanos. That's that's Mexican. A form of Spanish, yes. Sorry to mm-hmm. our Mexican listeners, of which there are. None. Some. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think there is any actually in Mexico. Um, okay. We've had some in South America, though. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Hey, yeah, no. Thank you to all our international uh, listeners. Slightly different continent, but oh, fuck it. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's Fortnite. But um, onto our last bit of news, uh, Don say, onto what we've been teasing earlier digital paintings, our old favourites. 
Okay, so our last story of the night is about our good friends at Digital Paintings. Uh, well, I'd say good friends, they're, they're kind of an evil company, but never mind, they, they've been on the podcast, they, they they know what it's all about. Anyway, uh, they have had quite a good run on games lately, I mean, they released Star Trek Klingon Warrior, which didn't have any microtransactions, was a story-based single-player game, which sold really, really well, so you know, you'd think they'd uh, kind of learn from that. Also, their long-running heist racing game, uh, Must Go Fast to Hot, uh, also followed a similar kind of path. No microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be, be quite a good game. Um, so, and you know, these are making good sales. So you'd think that they would see a pattern in this and and keep going along that path because you know, if you're more player centric and aren't trying to fleece them out of money, uh, you sell things a bit better. Yep, yep, yep. You would think that, but no, they've no, uh, they've no, done no. something completely unsurprising and gone back to exactly what they did before. Those sons of bitches. Those sons of motherfucking bitches. Now, the, there's a kid's game called Blast Off Battle, which is a, a, a hero shooter, a bit like uh, Smash or uh, Overcast, or but definitely kind of aimed at, uh, the, at the kid's market anyway. So uh, it's, it's similar to a lot of uh, games uh, that are generally free to play, uh, things like uh, you know, the, the Battle Royale games and, th- and things like that as well. Uh, but it's filled with microtransactions and battle passes, like a free-to-play game would be. But it also has a full upfront price ticket on top of that. So it, it's 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 kind of more aimed at kids than a lot of those other games. So yeah, we've we've got a quote from uh, someone at EA who uh, well, well, I'll just uh, queue up the. I think it might be our friend Rand Morbucks uh, saying this one. Let's uh, queue up the audio on this one. Uh, Okay, here it comes. Now, all those gamers get so arsy when we try and steal their money, and we're now aiming at a brand new demographic. Basically, parents of children that play games. Those guys are idiots. It works so well with big tackle football, as though it should work here. So, they're kind of being quite upfront about the fact that they're aiming for the parents. Yeah, they are, they are hoping that the parents aren't listening to this statement and are just going just gonna to see the chachinga come rolling in. Yeah, no, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're completely upfront about the fact that, uh, yeah, no, they're, uh, they're really de- targeting that. They want to see more stories like the ones about uh, big tackle football fleecing people of, uh, of all money for all their uh, random player loot boxes and all that sort of stuff. So, well done, DP. Well done, well DP, done. indeed. You've definitely outsold yourselves this time. So really, it's a run-up from the news. Ubisoft are horrible. Um, console companies are fueling the console war for some knows reason. Fortnite mm-hmm. is something that neither of us still understand. And uh, yeah. digital paintings are doing a typical DP. Yeah, complete DP all over the place. It's getting wow. very messy out there. It is a definitely, uh, it's definitely a crowded arena. Um so that's our gaming news for, for this month. Uh, so we move on to our next feature, which I think is a Retro Corner. I think it's time. Metro Fauna? No, Retro Corner. And welcome to our Retro Corner segment, which is just me today. I don't know where Rudy's gone. Anyway. Before we get going into that, just wanted to say before we get started that Jambags do not advocate piracy of any kind. The following is a work of pure fiction, and it's, it's complicated for us idiots to work out as well, but we just want to make sure that everything's fine. Anyway, where's Rudy? Hello? 
Dante, Dante, it's me. It's Rudy, yeah? Hey, Rudy. I, I haven't heard from you in, well, you know, a, a few minutes. What, what, what's up? I don't recognise this number that you're calling me from. Yeah, yeah, look, listen, this is my burner phone, okay? It's my burner phone. Burner phone? I've gone off the radar, I've gone off the radar, Dante. I've had to quit my life and go on the lamb, yeah? Do you know what I mean? I'm on the run. They're on to me. They? Who? What? Run? Yeah, what's, the, what's, what's going on? The feds, Dante, the feds, you know, the suits... They know what I've done, Dante. I've left my home, the kids, the wife, everything. I can't even tell you where I'm right now, so don't even ask. Okay, so where are you right now? I can't tell you. Is that the Burger King near you? No, absolutely not. Can I please take your order, sir? Shut up. Anyway, look, this is serious. They might be tracking you because you're in on this as well. What, what the hell did you do this time, Rudy? I mean, seriously, why are you on the run from the, the feds of all people? Yeah, this is a pretty serious crime. Actually, I didn't want to have to involve you, but look, you're in on this, okay? The thing is, is that you know I'm a big retro gaming fan, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I know that you, you like retro games. It's a, a, probably a little bit more than I do. Okay, go yeah, on. Yeah, so I've, I've had an itch to play some Star Wars Episode One Racer on the N64 recently, yeah? Why? Why? Why that game? Yeah, look, it's not important, okay? Like I said, not important. Let's just say... I like pod racing. Anyway, I always have, I always will. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. And also, I quite like the animation. But that's it, right? Look, uh-huh. I've got the car. I've got the actual game itself. Oh, obviously, of course I have. But the thing is, is that my 64 plays like guff on my HDTV, and I don't have a decent-sized uh, CRT. I can't afford that. I need a suburban and some casual racism. Uh, oh, well, okay. Well, what about the, the remaster? There's a modern remaster of it on the modern consoles. Why didn't you get that? oh yeah why don't I go do that and you know I just throw my entire bloody retro play credentials of whatever look I was literally dying to play the game so in a moment in a moment of weakness and criminality I downloaded an emulator and run the game you you downloaded a, a ROM <laughs> exactly Dante God, I wish I knew what I was doing when I did it. But I just wanted to race on Tatooine at a decent speed and on a flat screen TV, but still playing the same code version as the original. What else was I going to do, Dante? What else could I do? Oh, okay. So what? let's think about this logically. So where did you download it from? How how, how dodgy is it? I, I, I can't tell you because then you'll know too much. All right? The pigs might attach electrodes to your ghibli bits and zap them to your screen and dob ah, them in. No. I can't, I can't take that risk, Dante. I can't take oh. that risk. Well, thank you for th- thinking of me, but I, I really don't think you understand how torture works. Um, I don't really think the feds are after you. Do you actually mean the FBI when you say feds? Uh, yeah, you know, the feds, the G-men, you know, Donnie Brasco, Mulder and Scully's, the men in grey, the top Not shirt gang, the badgy hard case with arrest warrants. You know what I mean. I, I thought I did. Now I'm even more confused. But w- we live in the UK. All those, play- all those things are from America. And... I don't think that's happening. They they don't have jurisdiction here, Rudy. They couldn't arrest you here anyway, the the feds. Mm, That is what they want you to think, Dante, yeah? They see everything and everywhere. They've probably probed you already via 5G. Oh, God. I am fairly certain that any probing that took place with me was completely voluntary. Anyway, the FBI can only arrest people in the USA, even if you're right. I don't think they're going to care that you downloaded one ROM and an emulator. In fact, only the ROM is the bad point. You can download emulators on the Android store, you know. Well, maybe. But at the same time, that ROM theft makes me public enemy number one. I managed to get it running. I finished my race. I had to kiss goodbye to the kiddies, swap number plates in my car, torch my clothes, bleach my hair and get out of there. Bleach bleach your hair? What, What? Bleach your hair? 
But yeah, to throw him off the scent, and plus I was going a bit grey, and I thought it was time for a spruce up. Look, I just had to do it, okay? Oh, wow, that's bright. Oh, ow. Okay. Oh, well, anyway, seriously, I don't think any of that was necessary. For one tiny ROM download, I've, I've seen companies selling via Facebook ROM emulator. There was loads of these games on it. I, I think it would take a lot for this to be escalated that highly. Yeah, you don't understand. Those guys are like the mafia of emulation. They've probably got the feds and judges and probably even the president in their pocket. This goes all the way to the top, Dante. It's the low-level users like me who are going to get knocked. You know that. Uh, Have you not seen The Wire? I I have, actually. I I think I even gave you a copy of it, and I don't think you've seen it. But anyway, the the, the president, I don't think the president would align himself with the emulation mafia. I, I really think you're fine. Hang on, did you say you actually owned a copy of the game? Yeah, I've got the N64 car on my shelf, obviously. Well, you know, it's completely legal to have a ROM copy of a game that you own, you t- It's fine. Are you, um... You sure? Yes, if it's a digital backup for a physical copy, it's completely okay. And that's, um... Okay. Completely, you pranit. Well, this does... Well, I suppose this does change things i mean probably better guess go back home i guess and see the wife and kids hmm, okay i think yeah that's probably a really good idea i think you should head back there now well one last thing actually, i actually got a question for you you don't happen to know um well look i, I changed my name by depot and you don't happen to know how quickly i can change it back do you well you know you just stick with a new name can you i mean what did you change it to uh dante rodriguez what my name why well, I think about it, two targets, you see, are spreading the load. They might come for you and miss me. The first rule of any kind of, you know, con or heist movie. That's what you do, confuse the enemy. You spread your load over me. Ugh, you tried to pin this on me. Look, a problem shared is a blame half, mate, okay? You're part of this podcast. Oh, you I am hanging up now, now, you complete yeah. dip- On to our regular interview segment here at the Jambags Gaming Podcast. Now, this is quite an interesting interview that we've had here because uh, normally we have to fight quite hard to get our interviews uh, to, to actually come on our podcast. Uh, this one actually sought us out after sh- you know sharing a very quick snippet of our intro of uh, of this month's podcast. Uh, we were contacted by uh, one of the voice actors who worked on not very many of us too. Uh, someone by the name of Roy Candlestick Maker, who that's Roy Candlestick Maker, sir. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, who heard about uh, Rudy's criticism of uh, of of not very blasphemy, blasphemy, sir. Yeah, just let, let me introduce you. You'll just just oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, who, but uh, and wanted to address some of the uh, some of the things that were said in the Jam Bags intro. Uh, about uh, you know the game that uh, that Roy here was involved in. Roy, very nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Likewise, I'm sure. Okay, so um, let's make a start. Uh, start off with some general stuff. So, do you actually are you a gamer, Roy? And do you play the games that you are featured in, uh, or is it weird hearing your voice coming back coming back to you? What a ridiculous question, Dante Rodriguez. This is not a question you would ask an artist such as myself. We actors, us voice actors, those involved in the in the market that you call the video game, we are we are not gamers. We are actors. Okay? okay, we are there to impart our skills upon you to make your immersion complete. We're not concerned with such petty things as 
playing with the games with those funny button controller things in your hands. We are there to make you feel something. All right. Okay. Well, Nova, thank you for illuminating me on, on where you stand on, on gaming particularly. You are welcome, sir. Okay. Um, we have a, a quick clip of uh, one of your part of your vocal performance in the game. Uh, you happy for us to play it here online? Yes, I, I do think that your listeners would need some kind of context to the role that I'm playing for, you know, seeing this particular snippet, which is the main piece of dialogue that I have, a short but no doubt pivotal moment in the story where I, not the protagonist, but the antagonist in this section, I'm looking behind a dustbin to see if I can spot someone that I think might be hiding there. And I'm assailed from behind by the game's protagonist. And this, what you're about to hear, is exactly what happened in the game. And had such an amazing point, uh, point punch on the plot. Okay, I'm going to hit play on that clip now then. Hey, she's over here. Oi, oh, 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 oh my God, a bit stabbed. Oh, oh, she's got my liver. Oh, not the anus. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's still going. Okay. It's not finished. It is finished. That is wow. I if you're not getting a gaming BAFTA for that, then then I'm <laughs> okay. Ugh, that's too kind. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get on to kind of the meat of what we want to talk to talk about uh, here. So, uh, not very many of us to release last month. Uh, it's fair to say you're you're quite proud of the game as a whole. You you think that the, the game is is kind of a worthy game is is something that you can uh, you can be very proud of is that correct completely you see when you're an actor like what i am you have to invest yourself 100 percent into a role mr donde rodriguez you can't just phone it in as so many people think you can on these voice roles i spent 42 takes rolling on the floor gurgling quite literally you know excreting fluids from parts of my body for that piece there just to make sure that the overall product was just so much more impactful so Am I proud of the game? Of course I am proud of the game. The game is the game. It is hundreds of talented people like me, not quite as talented, but hundreds of talented people like myself trying to be like me and produce an amazing piece of art. And that really is why I'm so proud of the game. Right. Okay. So, uh, I mean, there's been quite a lot of uh, media coverage about the game. It's It was a long-awaited uh, sequel. Not very many of us, uh, the first one was uh, is a considered one of the, the best games of, of that generation of consoles. I mean, how did you react to a very famous article by Jackson Bieber uh, re- making a review of Not Very Many of Us 2 and basically comparing it to, I think it was Hamlet, or at least some of the very better works of Shakespeare. He thinks the, the two are on equal pegging. But how did you react to that? Well, I mean, first of all, I acted like the way any artist would work, in complete agreement. In fact, the only thing I would disagree is possibly this is greater than the works of Hamlet. Not very many of us, part two, is just an exquisite magnum opus of violence. Now, the first one I couldn't say anything about, I wasn't in that, don't really care. But this new one, mm, I mean, it's Hamlet. It's, uh, it, it's, it's Shakespeare in a nutshell. It's Dickens wrapped up in a cheese roll made of, oh, I don't know, some of the greatest, Wagner, it's some of the greatest works of art known to man. And this stands up there. In fact, many years from now, people will come back to this game and say, this changed the way that we saw the world and how we saw people getting stabbed up in a back alley. 
Mm, behind a dustbin. Absolutely. Very important part of that. The environment plays so much to your performance. Okay. So, I mean, there's been a bit of an online con- controversy about this because I mean, you are active on, on Twitter and uh, we've we've had a, a few things go out, including our, our clip from the start of our podcast, which was released as a as a, as an extra clip on, on Twitter. Uh, we had uh, Rudy uh, saying what, what he said about uh, not very many of us uh, too, about kind of le- not really quite gelling with uh, with him as much as the uh, as much as the first game which again I, I can see you getting angry about that i'm i'm I, yeah Ooh. I'm, I'm just, and also we had uh, a fairly anonymous twitter user who, who hadn't been on it very long as uh random bloke seven from dagenham uh just made a comment that video games in general not really specifying not very many of us too just said that video games in general drag on a bit don't they uh, how did you react to those comments with anger, sir. Anger. I am seething that such idiocy exists out there on the World Wide Web. As we've just said, a reviewer, no doubt one of the most amazing reviewers ever made, who was applying his trade for hundreds of years, said that we are comparable to Shakespeare, if not better than Shakespeare. And here is some random bloke, and your your co-host Rudy, who I notice is not here, the Pratt, has come out to just dismiss the entire thing because... There's some things they don't like about it. It's if they understood art in any real meaningful way, it's absolutely disgusting. They don't create. They don't put their hands into the goo and make things out of that creative clay for others to enjoy, to consume, to make sure, make them feel better than their small, petty lives. They don't know what it's like to build something monumental. I mean, to have pricks like them try and knock it down with sledgehammers made of jizz. This whole thing is ridiculous. It's a piece of art. You cannot judge it by such things. Okay, okay. okay. I mean, I, it sounds like you're taking this... Silence! Oh. I have not finished yet. You, you I have... finished. Okay. Okay, Volvo. Right. It it, it really sounds like you're, you're taking this quite personally. I mean, none of the criticism has been aimed at, at your performance. I mean, it's been uh, considered you know, quite good, uh, all the reviews have said, uh, or at least functional enough that the player knows what's going on and you know, when you're still alive and how much more stabbing they need to, to do. I mean, how do you see your role in uh, alongside, I mean, with the team of uh, of, of game developers, uh, Cheeky Dog? Look, if you attack one, you attack all of us, okay? You know, yes, I am probably 90% uh, responsible for the success of the game, but that 10% is still very, very important, sir. And we are all like a family. I mean, obviously, I've got better rights and i paid better, but the other family, you know, is still important. That Maybe, imagine like Downton Abbey, Dante. Imagine Downton Abbey. Were yes. you ever yes, on yes, Downton I, Abbey? I was in the background in the in the kitchen in episode four uh, of series okay. one. Right, okay. Yeah. Some said I played the best kitchen porter they had ever seen on film. Right, yeah, okay. So but anyway, Downton I Abbey, digress. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> we live in past glory. No, you see, the thing is, is that... It's like Delta Abbey. Uh, you know, us actors may well be the lords of the manor, but we still need the kitchen staff and the gardeners and the people that clean up the toilets in there. They're an essential part of the product. So if you attack them, you're attacking me personally. It is like you have taken a rapier and shoved it through mine asshole. Right. Okay, so, I mean, you just did a few lines of dialogue and, and that was kind of it. So you, you think you're 90% what the success of the game is about, even though you're not the main character. You don't understand how the main character interacts with the world and those antagonists around them is so critical to the role of the game. Otherwise, if they had not stabbed me up a treat, 
they would be wandering around doing nothing. They would not have had any of the deep emotional responses the player would have had by stabbing me up in the arsehole. Okay, because um, yeah, no, it's, it's you're really getting into character because I, I I feel like uh, almost compelled to you know do what was happening in this game and uh, take this. <laughs> spiky thing I've Again. got down here because you're such a good so, actor, clearly. <laughs> Honestly, sir, I, I mean, um, oh gosh, um, oh, um, I, thank you. I mean, just thank you. Yes, as I said, the power of my performance, yeah. mm-hmm. cannot be limited. Yes, no, please. And, I mean, uh, uh, please, please how... do leave because I am about to stab you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> your compliments, sir. I understand. Yeah. This happens to me all the time. Goodbye, dear sir. Farewells. I've just got the door now. I'm not the door. Let, let, let me. I'll just unlock it for you, and hopefully, then I this broken to... beer bottle will get anywhere near you. Maybe. And hey, Jambaggers, we have come to the end of this month's podcast. What a shame that is. However, we do have a few more tidbits to go through. Tidbits or tit? Anyway, we've got some stuff to go through. Um, We have a couple of questions, and then we'll round things out as we normally do. So, Dante, hit us up with the first question that we have got through the socials. Okay, we have had a question from uh, a listener called Starbuck. Starbuck, solid name, like it. Yes, no, a big Battlestar Galactica fans uh, over at uh, Jambags HQ. Thank you, Starbuck. And Starbuck has asked, uh, what was our favourite pre-millennium console? So this kind of eliminates your fondness for the GameCube, which is, uh, I believe, 2001 onwards. Uh, so before the millennium, what was the, the best console out there? Uh, Rudy, what have you got for me? Well, I mean, first of all, I should remark that obviously I'm t- I'm uh, too young for that because I was born like, no, just kidding, <laughs> completely far too old. Uh, um, pre-millennium, difficult one. Um I had access to, you know, either my own machines by to, or or cousins and stuff like that and, and friends, quite a lot of different uh, consoles. I always had a fascination with the Mega Drive and the 32X. My cousin had a Mega Drive mm-hmm. and one of my friends who was way richer than me at primary school <laughs> yeah. had the uh, had a Mega CD and 32X, Ooh. Tower of Power. Um, and Star Wars arcade game, I thought, was just like the absolute tits. But <laughs> I've got to be honest, the Super Nintendo is, for me, where the love of gaming really cemented itself. And why is that, Rudy, you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you, Dante. The reason why is <laughs> Super that... Super Metroid. Oh, okay, you kind of got there. But yeah, <laughs> kind of. I think the 16-bit era, for me, was a point where I'd always loved the idea of computer games, I think, more than I'd liked computer games to a certain extent. Like, I loved things like Elite and some of the old mm-hmm. games and some shoot 'em ups and stuff like that. But they're very difficult. I was very crap at those games. Uh, but I think when the SNES came out, the kind of investment in storytelling, and I love stories and stuff like that. So things like Super Metroid, but, you know, some of the RPGs... Um, some of the other games, you know, like Zelda, Link to the Past, etc., they kind of had that, they just felt more expanded. And I know it's only sort of 16 bit graphics and stuff, but they felt a little bit more believable. Mm-hmm. And, and there's some sort of scarier games, like I really enjoyed, like games that had Alien 3, yeah. uh, and some of the racing games and Street Fighter and stuff like that. They just felt like arcade games as well. So there we go. I'm going to go Super Nintendo. Now, Mr. Dante, what about yourself? Well, for me personally, as a gamer, that's, that's a really tough question because I was. Amiga and PC up to that point. I, I hadn't actually uh, ever owned a console until uh, I think 
until after the millennium, which was a, a, a PS one that I think I got in two thousand and yeah, just before the PS two came out, basically. But uh, uh, I did get to experience consoles uh, at other people's houses. I mean, we had some really great times on the on the N sixty four at our various friends' places. Uh, we had some. Uh, uh, I you know, had a few friends with with Mega Drives that were always fun, but I am going to go with the uh, with the Dreamcast, which my my cousin uh, Adam, if you ever listen to our podcast, uh, who would always bring that one round, and uh, we would we would often play games on the uh, on the Dreamcast, including um, uh, Project Gotham Racing. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. And I think we had, is it Soul Blade back there before it became Soul Calibur? It was Soul Blade yeah, on, yep, on that Yeah, Soul one. Blade. Yeah. Had no, good games. And those, uh, the Dreamcast was a spectacular device for, you know, uh, couch co-op games, you know, mm. arcade-style titles. That's what Sega were awesome at. And the Dreamcast had some cracking titles. I think it's it's due a comeback. I, I really think, I mean, we, we've had it as... Uh, as mentioned in the podcast before, but you know, we, we part of our gaming manifesto was to make Sega make another console, wasn't it? Absolutely, the Dreamcast. I, I wish there would be a Dreamcast Mini come out um, with oh, a really good selection of games because you know, Sega, the, some of the best games were from Sega. I mean, it just it's just you know the, the console is great and you can get them not that relatively expensive, but you to see some of it, the games are very colourful on Dreamcast. A lot of them, there were some really really beautiful kind of like arcade titles to see those, you know, put out on a on a a decent HD machine that can output them, you know, without any naughtiness. It would just <laughs> yeah. be great, you know. Yes, that would be that would be fantastic. I would, uh, I would definitely, even though I, I was only kind of casually involved in console gaming at the time, if they did a Dreamcast Mini, I would definitely buy it. Cool. And what's the other question we have? Thank you very much, Starbuck. That was a great question. You made us feel really old. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thanks, Starbuck, for that. Uh, what was it? F- Fanny Craddock came up with our last question, and that was, what was our uh, first ever... Uh, games machine, either a, a computer or a console. What was the first thing that we played games on? When, when... wow, there's two actual really this one. old feeling questions. These ones, yeah, thank you. I feel closer to death than I do to life. <laughs> but um, my one, I'm going to quickly go in there, is that my uh, cousins had uh, and gave me as a hand me down this random kind of like old arcade like blip blip kind of like a pong machine but oh. it wasn't it's was like a space machine kind of thing but just really really it's probably from like the late 70s like mm. it had a big battery pack it wasn't remote it wasn't like you could carry it around you chat put it against the wall it had its own little screen and that was that but the first one i had was a hand-me-down bbc micro computer oh, b which wow. i still have behind me as i do it now i need oh. to get it recapped um <laughs> it's old it's big it's clunky but i had that for my cousin and he used to uh, you know he used to Record loads of games, which was no piracy then, but you know, ah, he's, he's older than me now. No. He gave it, he's gonna be loads of games and stuff like that. And I spent ages loading all these different games up and trying them all out and seeing which ones are which. <laughs> Not much time playing them because they were rock hard, but more time <laughs> just exploring all these different games. You got the tape, listen to the <laughs> noises. But uh, yeah, that's my one. How about you, uh, Mr. It, Big Man? It was the Commodore 64. That was uh, a hand me down from my dad, who, who'd actually done a bit of programming before that. I mean, he doesn't do any of that stuff now, but he uh, he had books on programming. He showed me how to sort of digitize a spider crawling across the screen which yeah okay looks terrible now but it was it was pretty great and i used to play it through an old black and white tv so as soon as i got a color <laughs> telly it was like uh, oh my god these games have actually got more than two colors in them but uh, 
But yeah, the Commodore 64, in particular the Ghostbusters game, which is widely... Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it still makes lists today of some of the, the worst game ever made, but I still absolutely loved it. It was like those taxi games that we used to play in, in maths at school, just with some oh, Ghostbusters. I remember that as well, yeah. yeah. And um, the, the Dan Dare game, um, and which was nothing like the Dan Dare comics that I would occasionally read, but uh, you know, it was quite a good uh, exploration game of a kind of space sci-fi type setting so yeah those are the ones that really stuck out for me oh that's no so we are going back a long way so as we as we take a step back and think about our impending mortality Mm -hmm. perhaps it's time that we say goodbye to our jam baggers and uh perhaps we can give a quick advice on where they can find us on the socials mr dante Absolutely. So if you want to get in touch with the Jambags Gaming com- uh, Compact, if you want to get in touch with the Jambags Gaming Podcast, or uh, JGP, as a, we're probably never going to be called, uh, no. then you can get in touch with us in, in the following places on the socials. That would be on Twitter. You can get in touch with at Jambags underscore UK, which is the Rudy controlled account, and at DanSolo96. which is the Dante controlled account as well. You can also get in touch with us on the Facebook account. If you search for jam bags on Facebook, you will find our page. You can also find us on the Instagram, which is at jam bags underscore UK. And that is uh, likely to be filling up with ghost of Tsushima uh, (laughs) images any, any second. Now I've been, PS4 share is very different to to Xbox. I find it quite annoying uh, that you kind of have to share it to Twitter and then download it back to your, to your phone, whereas the Xbox ones just come through the app. But anyway, you know, oh, let it go. Let Sorry, it go. it's just better. But anyway, anyway, and if you would like to catch us elsewhere, we uh, upload this podcast. If you're listening to it, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, and all good RSS feed apps that you may listen to your podcasts on. Uh, and we also upload a copy to our YouTube channel. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. That YouTube channel has this and several other videos and things that we uh, occasionally upload to titillate and entertain where possible so however you want to listen to us you can get some darn good jam bags goodness squeezed into your ear flobbles absolutely yes and it can be dribbling out of your ear until you're doing whatever you're doing the following day absolutely so from us another lockdown ish month uh done and dusted hope you're staying safe and uh, catch you later Happy gaming, jam baggers! If you are playing Ghost of Tsushima, uh, please do let us know how you think about uh, how you feel about it as well, or you know, just get in touch any old how and tell us what you're playing right now. We'd love to hear from you and any feedback you've got. Please leave us a review if you can, and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and all that good stuff. Thanks, jam baggers. See you next month. Oh, hey, Rudy, I think that was another great podcast. Uh, hey, hey, uh, why are you in black and white? Uh, sorry, I didn't get that. Are you speaking French? Oh, I see you've turned on Kurosawa mode. That explains the uh, the hat, the, the straw hat. Oh, my God, did you steal that from your mum's linen basket or something? Hey. Look, I think Ghost of Tsushima is a great game too, but you are taking it a bit far. I mean... You look ridiculous. I mean, can we can we just grab a pint or something instead? Oh, Rudy, we are not having a standoff. Plus, this Japanese thing we're doing is really racist and we should stop it. Look, I'm switching it off, okay? Oh, Rudy, you prick. Ooh, actually. um, Yeah, I ought to get out of here. I think he's... Pretty badly hurt.